Idleman Unplugged is part of the Edify Podcast Network. I want to see your face Pass me by the crowds of people The priests who sing your praise Hello, my name is Shane Idleman, and I'm the pastor of Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California. It is my personal heart and goal for you to see truth through a biblical perspective. I hope that you enjoy this segment of Idleman Unplugged. Right, everyone. Thank you uh, for joining in this next episode of Idleman Unplugged. Uh, definitely hitting a controversial uh, topic today. It's it's you know it, throughout church history, there's things that that come up and they become uh, maybe like a trend. Some people call it, or they'll you know the church will emphasize this at the expense of others. And right now, we're seeing you know a big movement with deliverance. And uh, mass deliverance. I did a short video on mass deliverance. You can find on my YouTube channel. Uh, my thoughts, you know, on that. It's only, I think it's only maybe five, six minutes long on, on mass deliverance. So I don't want to, you know, and, and some of that might come up in a minute. But what I want to do is talk about just this topic of deliverance for a minute. And uh, I've got some questions here that came in, right? You can see here. Uh, and so I'm going to go over some of those questions and hope to answer those, hope to bring some clarity on this. Um, so, you know, let's first, let me just give you two things that are really, really, really important before I, I get to these questions. Number one, number one, without a shadow of a doubt is we have to, um, when we talk about deliverance, where are we getting our information from? So there are groups, two groups that are called uh, cessationist, believing that the supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit have ceased, and then continuationist, who believe that the supernatural gifts of, of 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, these supernatural gifts that we saw in the book of Acts, are still apply today. And so what happens, I, I don't know, I mean, there might be some out there, but uh, I, I don't know of any con, uh, cessationists. They're mainly, you know, um, and I want to list names and things. You guys know who they are. If, uh, if, if you don't, then that's all right. But, um, they don't believe in deliverance. Deliverance is for today. And it, it just, you know, that's just their camp doesn't happen anymore. You know, ended with Jesus and I guess the early apostles. So I can't really listen to them when it comes to critiquing deliverance ministry. Uh, because, um, you know, they're, they're already, you know, it's what's that they're already looking through a different lens. So in my opinion, their vision is, on this topic is going to be somewhat skewed. Uh, so when we get to certain Bible verses, I see it differently than they do because they're, you know, they're looking through it as, uh, they've already come to the conclusion deliverance doesn't take place. So that is one thing that we are, you know, working to, um, well, there's no unity in that because they've, they've already kind of made up their mind. So anyway, I don't want to go on on that point, but it's so important. So if you're listening to uh continuationist, um, no, they, that's where the word charismatic comes from. Actually, the word charismatic comes from charisma in the Greek, which means bestowing spiritual gifts. The other side is not. I, and people ask me, what, well, what are you, Shane? Well, I'm whatever the Bible says. That's, <laughs> that's what I am. So don't label me in these camps. To me, it, it obviously seems like gifts and deliverance are still going on. Uh, Mark 16, uh, it comes up a lot, Mark 16, and that is where 
If you look at Mark 16, um, oh, by the way, we've got uh, these resources are available as free downloads. My book, Help, I'm Addicted, and Feasting and Fasting. Both of those can really help uh, those struggling with maybe demonic things that are going on in their life. But anyway, Mark 16, uh, if you'll read in your Bible, they'll say, you know, some manuscripts don't have it. And that's where Jesus said, you know, these signs will follow me. Uh, those signs will follow them who follow me and trust in me. You know, they'll cast out demons is one of those things. And um, a majority of manuscripts have Mark 16 in there, that, at least that last section of Mark 16. And you'll read maybe in your in your Bible, it will say Codex, uh, Codex Sinaiticus, Codex uh, Vaticanus. Do not have this portion of Mark in there. That basically means the manuscript found at Mount Sinai, the Mount manuscript found in the Vatican. Those manuscripts don't contain that last portion of Mark, but a lot of manuscripts do. So my thought is if God allows it in the Bible, you know, it, it is for us today. Um, also, we see these things still happening in the book of Acts. We see Paul and his ministry, and um, and we know just from church history uh, that uh, that deliverance has been a, a topic uh, from the early church fathers even up to where we are now. So I want to really set that up as the foundation. And then the last point that is really important, can a Christian have a demon that can be possessed? So that comes up a lot. Daimonisio, daimonisio, or uh, depending on how, you know, the Greek pronunciation, if it's a demon or demonized, uh, daimoni amoi or, or, or amai, uh, and, and the Greek word is, um, demonized is, and how it's translated to us is has a demon. So it's not really possession. Um, you know, you can look the word up and it, it's, it's, it's a, um, has a demon. So, and then that, that's up to interpretation. What, what do you mean has a demon? Are they living in the same house and uh, are they, you know, kicked out of the house, but still harassing? So here's my thoughts on it. You know, there's lots of videos, but what does the Bible say? Well, the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against spiritual powers. And so we wrestle against that. It also tells me to resist the devil. Uh, you can look at Ephesians. I mean, check out chapters three, four, five. Uh, it talks about uh, not giving the devil a place. So if I can give the devil a place in my life, and I also have to resist the devil, um, and I'm wrestling against spiritual principalities, it, that tells me there is a real demonic realm that is is coming against me. Now, can a Christian be possessed? Well, of course not. We are possessed by the Holy Spirit. Uh, but even, you know, the word possession often means controlled by. In other words, if somebody's possessed by a demon, they have to go out and kill somebody if the demon is driving them to do that. And if you, you know, have studied this topic at all, especially with, with mass murdering, murders and things like that, they'll have voices and eventually they give into those voices. And so we can, I can't, I, I believe that unbelievers are definitely, depending on what words you want to use, massively influenced. They've given rule and reign to their hearts, to the demonic realm. So instead of them having the Holy Spirit in them, they have demons or legions of demons and things like that. And that would be a whole nother podcast, but I don't want to get away from the questions here that came in. Um, so that's my thought. Can a Christian be um, possessed? No. Can a Christian have a demon? Well, it depends. What do you mean by have a demon? And of course it comes up, you know, what do you give them a, a you know, 
a portion of your heart, or let's say a portion, the analogy that comes up is, you, you know, the Holy Spirit has you, it's in the, the Holy Spirit's in the house, but you, you've given the, the demon some room, like the living room or the garage or whatever you want to, you know, say. So see, a lot of it, 20% of the, of the problems are from the camp that hates deliverance. They hate anybody involved in deliverance. I know hate's a strong word, but that's how I feel. And they critique everything about deliverance. I can't even really listen to that, those people, because it's, they're already, their vision's already skewed on this. But others have some serious questions and concerns, and I do too. And one of them, one of the legitimate questions is how much rule or reign does a demon have in us? Or is he without us, fighting us? And of course, uh, Paul is a good example. Paul, you know, a messenger of Satan was given to me to buffet my flesh. Now, I don't, you can, you can divide that however you want. You can break down the Greek and the nuances and the verb tenses. <laughs> the bottom line is a messenger of Satan came and was, we don't know what the thorn was, but this, this demonic demon was doing something to Paul, uh, keeping him humble, people say, or, or whatever it is, who knows. But, but now is that a proof text that all Christians will go through something like that? Not, not necessarily. I mean, we see Job in the Old Testament, but we see Paul now with the Holy Spirit still having this messenger of Satan. So my thought is, here's how I look, like to look at it. I think this can probably follow along the biblical example uh, too as well. If you want to use the house analogy, the Holy Spirit is within us. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So I don't think there's two people sharing my house. But what I do think is there can be people throwing rocks at my windows, right? Demons throwing rocks at my windows, playing loud music right outside. I mean, they can be, they can be harassing me, uh, in my house. Uh, they can be, you know, um, afflicting or like Paul said, you know, resist. I want to open the door, but Paul says, or not Paul, um, actually, yeah, the New Testament talked about resisting the devil and he will flee. I think it was James actually. And so, but can we open the door and see now, let's say somebody opens the door. You know what? I've been fighting this for a while. I'm going to go ahead and head to that liquor store or I'm going to, I'm going to go grab that, that, that eighth of, of, of whatever this, uh, uh, uh you know, a, a crystal myth. I'm going to go grab a, uh, what they call eight ball crystal myth. I'm going to go grab a, a couple ounces of marijuana. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm just, I, I got to get that Xanax again for a while on this prescription. And so they open the door. I'm going to just, I'm going to go look at pornography and really open myself to this. And then now you've got this, this demonic element that's been fed and fueled. And now there's a stronghold. And now this, if you've ever fallen back into addiction, um, you know, it can come back. And I don't, I don't use that verse, you know, seven demons will come back worse than the first because the whole context there, he's, he's giving an analogy of, uh, these people who aren't even saved and, and the Pharisees and they're rejecting Jesus. And, and the last state of that man is worse than the first. And it, I don't think that has anything to do with a believer. That's why I don't use that word for a believer. So anyway, that's my thought on the demonic. Uh, no, a Christian can't be possessed or controlled by, but can they be harassed? Uh, can they, the spiritual warfare? That's why when we engage, when we wrestle against demonic uh, forces were to put on the, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit. I mean, we're, we're, we're to engage that. So some of these people that easily dismiss it, I don't, I don't know how they come up with that. Now, when a Christian gets delivered and see, that's, that's the interesting 
part as well, because, um, I mean, you go back to Derek Prince's ministry. Oh, by the way, if you want to, you know, early church fathers, of course, talked about demons and demonology, but Martin Luther, I mean, it was said he would throw his ink, uh, um, whatever they carried ink in, right? Throw that up against the wall and just fighting the devil as he's translating the Bible. And then John Knox, you can read in his, in his, in his, uh, the great reformer of Scotland in his uh, journals that he, it, 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 he said something like, uh, all of my life, all of my life, I have been harassed by the devil. So, you know, I don't think we can rule this out. So when it comes to a Christian, let's say they've opened that door and they need deliverance. Um, now, can saying no help, can closing doors help and, and, and disciplining the body? Yeah, of course. Those are biblical, biblical principles. And how, how, how often are things, uh, a, a, a discipline where we just got to say, no, I've got to fight this versus a demonic, you know, influence. And that is the million dollar question that nobody really knows. I don't think we will know that on this side of heaven, exactly how that works. Um, but for example, you know, I, I've prayed with, uh, I remember one person in particular, 20 years of alcohol addiction every night, a fifth of whiskey and prayed and, and she was just set free and never, you know, for weeks went by now, did they open the door again and fall back into that? That's up to them. But see, there's something, there's such a pressure and I think that's the best way, pressuring and pressuring in this demonic element, uh, whatever you want to, is pressuring the believer and they pray to be delivered from that pressure. They pray that that satanic attack is less. Like Paul prayed three times that this thorn, whatever this, this messenger Satan was, that it would be removed from him. But God said, my grace is sufficient. So I think that's what people get when they get confused about deliverance. It is, it's not like some demon is in them and they, they, they get out, they're delivered. Now, but there are times where, and we've seen at our church at the altar, in the prayer room, in counseling sessions, where people, that's why they, they call it manifesting. They, they physically, you know, manifest. And I don't, I honestly don't know exactly how to, um, break that down for us today, other than it did happen in the Bible. Uh, you know, we, we saw that the, the, the boy would throw himself around and Jesus commanded that evil spirit to come out. And did, did they, did they, did he thrash about some more and the man at the Gadarenes? And, you know, there are examples. And sometimes maybe the, 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 the bondage is so, I remember a guy coming off of marijuana and he just, just for 30 minutes, it was like a wrestling match. So you don't know if, if it's the will, like if the person is, they're fighting their will and they're like, I, I don't want, I want to let this go, but I don't. And there's this, you know, this huge, just battle this demonic forces and 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 finally something just gives up and they they heave a sigh of relief and sometimes you know people if they they vomit maybe there's something that uh, that's coming out of them so I don't know exactly how that works because the Bible is not crystal clear but to say that that is of the devil that's not of God that shouldn't be happening to Christians. You know, I, I don't think there's any biblical uh, support for that whatsoever. Now, is it confusing? Is it hard to understand? Does it go against our nice conservative churches where we want everything in order? Absolutely. But, uh, I, I don't think we can easily dismiss that at all. So I'm going to take some of the questions, uh, that came in here. Um, I love some of these guys. Um, but why do they give name, names to demons that aren't in the Bible? And I'm not going to list the guys here. Um, many of you know who they are if you follow them or you have questions or you've seen. There's a, there's a video that just came out this week of, it said something like, um, 
people being delivered from the deliverance ministry or something. And I watched, I only got through, these guys are so, their, 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 their vision is so skewed and they're so off on so many points that maybe I can do a critique on that. And I also want to do a video on when do you answer critics? Because I don't think we need to go around answering critics and pulling people down and, you know, this person, this person. But I do think there comes a time and a place where, um, because there's what we don't realize, and, and I'll probably repeat this if I do the, the, the video on critics. What we don't realize is I'm not going to change the heart of my critics at all. And there's, they're, 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 they're cheerleaders, right? They're, they're 20% cheerleaders. I'm, there's nothing I'm going to do. Doesn't matter what I say. Doesn't matter what I do. But there's millions of people in Christendom who are caught in the middle and they don't, they, they hear, they hear this side and they don't know what to believe. So I like to answer critics in the sense that I can give clarity to those caught in the middle. And, and so they can say, Oh, I'm glad you, I'm glad you clarified. Now I understand. Now I'm glad you expose those unfruitful works of darkness that these people are trying to promote. So I think, I think there is a time and a place to, to answer critics. And I'm going to hopefully do a different podcast on that for pastors unplugged. Remember, I have Idleman unplugged, which is talking about all these issues, but then I have pastors unplugged where I speak specifically to pastors. So, uh, yeah, names in the Bible. I've heard this before. Uh, you know, Python spirit, Leviathan spirit. And I would personally just say we got to be careful of uh, naming all these spirits and, um, you know, all these different things. Uh, we, I'm, I'm, actually, it's one of the questions I'm going to go into this next. But I just, on this one, I think, you know, I don't know where these, these, um, these uh, terms come from. Um, I, I think we need to be careful. We don't, the Bible doesn't, you know, he's a deaf and dumb spirit. Jesus would say, come out of them. A woman thou art loose from your infirmities. Should this daughter of Abraham, who, Abraham, who is bound for all these years, not be loose from her infirmities. So we could see that that physical affliction was demonic. Now, a child of Abraham, people use that for us today. I, I think that's different because the children of Abraham and, and these Jews we saw in the New Testament were not yet spirit-filled believers. Okay, so that, that's a whole different, to me, that's a whole different ballgame. Spirit-filled believers fill with the Holy Spirit. You, you can't throw that into the same camp and use the same type of scriptural um, you know, support as you do daughters of Abraham because they don't have the Holy Spirit yet. They're waiting for that. So yeah, I would just be careful of, of uh, you know, Leviathan, uh, Python spirit. I don't know where they come from. We've got a, you know, the charismatic language, I think, should be cleaned up a little bit. Um, can we give scriptural examples of a born-again Christian in the New Testament that was considered demonized and in need of deliverance? Can we give a scriptural example, okay, in the Bible, of a born-again Christian in the New Testament that was considered demonized and in need of deliverance? I would say no. Uh, I can't think of a Christian that the Bible talks about who was demonized. However, um, that could also be an argument from silence. You know, John says, if all the things that Jesus did were recorded, the books couldn't even contain them. And how many things, the book of Acts is written over 30 years, and we only get a glimpse of that. So, um, you know, how do we know uh, other than, you know, of course, I mentioned Paul, right? I mean, would this would this fall under that heading? Um, and somebody might come, you know, shoot back. Well, you can't just use Paul only, but I think Paul, you know, he's a spirit filled believer. And, uh, was he again? How do you define the word de- demonized? Cause this person might be refining, be defining, de- be defining it as possessed. So absolutely not. But Paul was Paul in need of deliverance. You know, well, 
what do you call it when he said, God, take this thing away. God, please take this thing. I need to be delivered from this thorn in the flesh. So other than Paul, uh, that appears that that it would be that, that, that what he's struggling with. I, I don't know of another incidence in the Bible that talks about a Christian needing deliverance. But again, that's an argument of silence, which could go either way. Uh, can Christians be inhabited by demons? I think I explained that. Um, oh, here's a question. Um, I don't believe Paul's thorn is a good example of a Christian in need of deliverance. Okay, well, I mean, the word demonize means coming under the power of a demon or the demon's power being pushed against you. Resist the devil, he will flee. Or a demon having the power to manipulate or influence. So I... Based on the definition and based on Paul's experience, um, I would say Paul's example is a good one for sure. Uh, could sins of the flesh be the real issue in a believer's life, not a demon? In other words, maybe a believer just has a lack of discipline and self-control. I would say it, absolutely. Um, I'm not one that thinks there's a demon under every rock and everyone who comes to prayer, uh, you know, I pray for, for, um, demon you know that to be released or things like that but i will ask people you know i've I've just just recently uh a, a young girl came in and she's she opened herself up to the ouija, ouija board and satanic occult rituals and things like that and so yeah we had to pray for that uh come against that that spirit of darkness that is that has got her bound and shackled and, and we just you know pray to release that. i mean these are all biblical terms but there's other people you know if they come in and a lot of times now, you know, with health related illnesses, diabetes, and pray for that and, and pray as there's any type of demonic attack against their body. However, type two diabetes is, is, is always diet related. So would that person need a lot more self control instead of praying against the demon of gluttony? Absolutely. So based on my experience, I think there's lots of Christians who have, have, um, given ground to the enemy. Uh, that's the Bible says, don't, don't give him a foothold, you know? And so I think there's a lot of Christians that give the enemy ground in their lives and what that means to what degree that's, that's up to anybody's uh, guess here. But, uh, I would also say that, um, they can close that door through self-discipline as well, because the Bible is really clear on verses about discipline, make no provision for the flesh. In other words, provision that we're provision i think it's like pronia um make no forethought or foreplanning in other words don't plan ahead plan ahead to sin uh crucify the flesh so make no provision crucify the flesh let this mind be in you which was also in christ jesus put to death the deeds of the flesh so there's so many action words so i actually lean towards that more than deliverance i believe that a christian uh, now this, this might be a little controversial. Okay. But I'm going to say it. I believe that as a Christian, that you need discipline in your own personal life more than deliverance. Here's why a demon in to a Christian is not greater than the Holy Spirit within us. So the Holy Spirit within us, love, joy, peace, contentment, long suffering, gentleness, self control. So I believe as we exhibit self control and understand that no temptation has overtaken us, but whatever is common to man, that God who is faithful will be able to deliver us 
from everything that we face, all the temptations we can say no, but also goes on to say that he will give you the strength that you may be able to bear that burden. So I think so many people stay in bondage because they're waiting for deliverance or that deliverance didn't happen or I prayed in the prayer room and this isn't happening, but they're not disciplining the body, bringing bringing it in under subjection to the obedience of Christ. So personally, again, this is my own personal view. Um, I know people disagree. I think deliverance, delivering, casting out demons, you know, and, 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 and having that as proof that God is real and setting people free has a lot to do with unbelievers. And then where it crosses that line over to believers is demonized, you know, can have, can a demon be harassing and, and, and can, can deliverance take place where, oh man, I just came in with anxiety and fear and this demonic will not let me go. And then we pray and that release takes place. That is the definition of deliverance. They are delivered, not from the demon inside of them, but they're delivered from the oppression outside of them. So again, it, a lot of this has to do with, with nuances and, and, and how you define the word. What actually do you mean? Um, and then questions come in about like the demon of, 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 uh, thumb sucking, uh, demon of, um, bedwetting, uh, demon of, um, hangover or, di- okay, I see what's going on here. So, what happens is, yeah, I don't know if there's a demon of, of, of all these things, right? A demon, I'm going to make you suck your thumb. I'm going to make you wet your bed. And I don't think, I think the person they're referring to, I don't think that person believes this either. So what here, here's, here's what I think happens. Let me, let me try to break this down because I've seen it. When a person is under, well, again, are they talking about an unbeliever or a believer? This could go either way. So let's say, um, let's just, let's just for, um, argument's sake. Let's say there is a believer, okay? And they have opened the door to the demonic and they are struggling in a certain area. And because we're all wired differently, in other words, our DNA, um, and they're even studying it now in epigenetics, uh, gene expression, the way our genes can change and neuroplasticity. You see on the, uh, uh, that doctor is becoming very, very well known, Dr. Huberman. A uh, very knowledgeable guy on neuroplasticity in the brain. And so if a de- demon is harassing or this, you can see, and that's where the word manifestation comes from, you can see that that oppression might manifest itself in different ways. So for a, a kid, fear, they might, they may wet their bed. They may, um, you know, bite their fingers. And it's, it's the manifestation of the, what they're sensing from that demonic element over their life or a demon. Okay. That might be harassing them that how, and for another person, they might run to the liquor store and they can't get off this alcohol to deal with their fear or pain. Somebody else might run to this drug or that drug. Uh, so, so I don't think it's demons of these things. It's how the demonic is manifesting itself in the other person. I know people who've been just fear, fearful and anxiety, and fearful and very anxious that they need Xanax. And that's what they run to. Somebody else is so fearful and anxious. They don't leave their house. So see same type of demonic, uh, influence on the, on, on the different people, but how it manifests itself, how it reveals itself is different. So I think that's what is happening in those cases. Um, why do we, some people act like everyone has a demon. Yeah. That again, goes to, um, well, and I think I don't want to answer for people, but you know, when I pray with people, um, I, 
you, you don't know. And so I think you're doing a disservice if you don't assume that maybe some demonic activity is going on, especially in the culture we leave, live in. So I wouldn't assume that person is being demonized or if they're unbeliever, assume they have a demon. But you also, in other words, if I'm praying for God to heal a person, God, please heal them of this. Let's um, you mm, cancer, you know, stage two colon cancer. I'm praying for this. But get a sensing or how do we know that their diet and lifestyle is not causing this so we can pray for these things and God does heal in spite of what we do. But also how do we know that changing their diet and lifestyle could actually begin to heal their body? And so that's why I wouldn't say, you know, we, we can't just, you know, take one thing at, we, at, and, and t- okay, oh, you just need to change your diet and lifestyle. No, they might need prayer and healing. Or you can't just say, well, okay, Lord, we're going to pray in healing, but God wants them to be good stewards of their body. And so you, ha- and, and then the demonic realm could play a role in there as well. Um, and the last question I think I've answered before uh, on, on why a born again Christian, why would a born again Christian need deliverance? I think I answered that in the last 30 minutes here. We broke it down. So, um, I hope that a- helps answer some of the questions. What I would say about, uh, deliverance ministry is, and I don't know if there's a deliverance ministry versus Christians, all Christians with the Holy Spirit have the, a power and ability to pray for others and to take authority against the demonic realm in their homes, over their children. And I believe, uh, the blood bought church can do that. I don't We don't, you know, I don't know if there's really a, you have to have a deliverance ministry where people are called just for that. They have a special anointing for that. I think that's just in the life of a spirit filled believer. They're using discernment. They're sensitive. They can pray for people. And it's, it's, it's part of, that's why Jesus said, if again, in Mark 16, uh, I think it's after verse nine or 10 or so, you know, those who believe in me, these signs will follow. It's not this elite group. It's not the Navy SEALs of, of deliverance ministry. It's all spirit filled believers. Now, now do here's what happens too. do more seasoned veterans who have dealt with the demonic, have more insight and wisdom on how to deal with someone who has a demon. Absolutely. So that could be what's happening too. Hey, these people went through this before. They know it's going to take a long counseling session. They know what to watch out for. They they have experience here versus a new believer, you know, um, same authority over the demonic realm, but one can use their wisdom and their discernment uh, as well to, to really help out. So anyway, um, just again, where are you getting your information from? And before judging some of these people, Watch their videos, get, learn their character, learn their heart. I remember a pastor, you know, about an hour from me, a well-known pastor said he tried to cast out a demon, you know, early on in his ministry and it didn't work. And so obviously that's not for us today. You see, that's, that's not, that's not good theology. That's not, we don't interpret scripture based on our experiences. Uh, we interpret our experiences based on scripture. So anyway, hope that helped on this episode of Idleman Unplugged. If you've enjoyed this episode of Idleman Unplugged, be sure to send us your ideas and topics for future episodes of the podcast. You can send us an email at westsidechristianfellowship.org or shaneidleman.com. Thank you for listening to us today and join us again on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Eidelman Unplugged. For more information, visit us at shaneidelman.com. Again, that's shaneidelman.com. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. 
Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. El Paseo Publications proudly supports the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network. We are committed to quality in Christian publication. Free ebooks can be found at westsidechristianfellowship.org under free ebooks. Books such as What Works for Men and What Works for Young Adults will help readers understand that the obstacles ahead are never greater than God's power to take you through. Books such as What Works When Diets Don't and Feasting and Fasting demonstrate how health can be achieved from a biblical perspective. Other free books such as Answers for a Confused Church and Desperate for More of God show the importance of fully surrendering our lives to Christ. And One Nation Above God is a must-read for anyone concerned about the direction of America. Again, free downloads of these eBooks are available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We are happy about partnering with the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network.